Welcome to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity, where we share the stories of individuals that have broken into cybersecurity within the past five years. First, I'd like to welcome our audience. If you're following us live on LinkedIn, please ensure that you follow myself as well as our guest today, Approve. Um, I'll introduce him shortly. If you're following us on LinkedIn, make sure you hit that subscribe and then the notification button so that you see us the next time. And then if you're following us after the fact on any major podcast platform, don't forget to share us with your friends and family once you're done with this episode. And for um, Carrie on YouTube, hello there and welcome to our episode. So um, approve. 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 Would you please introduce yourself? Sorry about that. Not a problem. Um, Everyone, I am Approve. I am currently working as a GRC cybersecurity consultant here in India. And I play a lot of games and anime. And then, as you can probably be sure of from my shirt, I am a big Batman fan. Pleasure to meet you all. Nice to meet you. So I thought it was interesting when I looked at your background that you started in robotics. And what, what got you in, into robotics? Right. Um, I think it's something to do with with how I uh, what I studied, right? So I had a four-year undergrad degree in computer science, uh, computer engineering, right? And uh, one of our, uh, I think it was my second year, uh, we... Me, me and a couple of my friends, we attended a hackathon, sort of a hackathon, uh, where uh, people were com- competing in, in robot warfare and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I, I was a kid, right? I was, I was super, I was like, wow, I'll make this. I like, kind of re- realized that it's a lot of money, so I didn't go down that path. But that was where it initially started, that I was like, hey, I saw these two things fight, and I was like, hey, I'm going to do that. Uh, how oh, cool would it be, right? So <laughs> that's how I got started, yeah. I think one of the interesting traits of individuals in cybersecurity is that they love to tinker and that they love to figure out like how things work. So I think your entry into robotics is is foundational to um, your curiosity and your figuring out how things work. So what led you from robotics to GRC? Uh and so this is something closer to fourth year, right? So as you grow up, you kind of realize that, you know, there's some things that you would love to do as a hobby. And then, and while they're great as hobby, right? Everyone supports you and all, you don't really, uh, you become more money-minded, right? And so I I kind of quickly figured out that there's not a lot of money in um, me building these things. And then uh, I would, I, I, the other thing I figured out was I was not that great at coding. Uh, not that I couldn't code. I couldn't just, I just couldn't get around doing competitive coding, right? And a lot of robotic roles, uh, at least the ones that I saw, were either in machine vision mm-hmm. um, or in uh, required a lot of embedded C, uh, neither of which I was good at. So I was like, hey, you know, let's, I'm good at coding. I can read code. You know, what's what's one role that uh, is related to code? It's good if you know code, but it's all right if you don't do it all the time. And so I was like, hey, you know, GRC is something good. <laughs> and so, and so. I love that. I love that because I, I think one of the things that 
going to happen. And if I'm predicting the future, right, with mm-hmm. all the cloud compute, computing that's happening now, is that soon everything's going to be as code. So we're going to need right. security as code, GRC as code. We're going to need everything as code. So your your coding background is perfect for that. Right, right. It definitely helped, right? And I came to know that it made me... Um... It made me better at it, right? You you come from a if you come from a development background or you have some hands-on development or at least as long as you're not afraid of what's going on in the back end, right? You can pop the hood and and see what's actually going on. Uh, it it just makes you a much more confident at a job. Plus the fact that you know not a lot of people can bullshit pass you, and so, <laughs> so that, that that makes it easy. <laughs> so. Uh, just just to set the preference or set the mm-hmm. background for individuals, you started robotics. Um, you're in India. You started robotics when you were in your first year and right. kind of transitioned uh, to GRC in your fourth year. Um, Correct. So that would be like a senior in college for uh, those right. in the U.S. Um, so tell us about your experience in finding a job. I know a lot of the times we focus on the U.S. side of mm-hmm. job hunting. Um, what's job hunting like in India? Um, it it has two aspects, right? Once you graduate off of college, mm, well, the biggest thing that happens here is college placements, right? It's companies directly come into on campus mm-hmm. and there are these uh, placement days that kind of go on where um, according to how good you were as a student in college, you kind of get categorized immediately into which companies you are eligible to sit for, like kind of like, you know, kind of even appear for them, right? Sort of like that. Uh, Not all companies follow that very strictly, but you you got to have some minimum, uh, like you shouldn't have any fail or something like that on your grade, like that. Um, So that is step one. A lot of companies, um, so placements is a lot like, it's not like it doesn't feel like an interview. You don't feel as much in control, probably because uh, one, you are very inexperienced, right? You don't. A lot of uh, them are not very confident in what they know, and the second is that it's it's like a make or break choice, right? Because outside of school, it's very difficult to get hired because you're competing with absolutely everyone else. At least in school, you're just with whoever is in your school, mm-hmm. uh, and so a lot of people are like it becomes. Uh, it becomes very taxing at one point because you're like, you need to get it here or else you'll have a lot of competition outside. You wouldn't get as good packages um, or compensation, basically. Yeah. Uh, so so it, it becomes a, a kind of circle of that. And then you'll, you'll find your peer group, right? And peer group kind of gets divided into three major portions. Uh, one, one are folks who are sitting or for placement who want a job. Uh, the second are people who want to go for higher studies but, but are going to do that in India. So there's a separate entrance exam for that. Uh, and then uh, a certain level of companies kind of ask you to sit for the uh, entrance exam just to appear for their uh, interview process. So that's another barrier idea. I, I mean, I cannot at the moment apply to any of those companies because I never sat for that exam. Okay. So, so it, it becomes like that. Wow. So it's like a almost like a, a privilege exam. You have to set for that, and then you'll yeah. have the privilege to talk to these companies. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I know I grew up in the Caribbean, so I sort of experienced some of the differences where um, I had to do like um, A-levels and 
um, prepare for that. And mm -hmm. I did up to form four in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. uh, and then I moved to the States and it was totally different. But um, the, the, the rigid structure of the British education system is very interesting. Right, right, right. And so I um, think, uh, go ahead. I think it's a fallout of that, right? Because because we were essentially a British colony at one point of time, so, so some things don't change. So what made you choose not to do on uh, the placement exam? And tell us about your journey. Oh, I did. I did go on the placement okay. exam. Actually, I tanked. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, someone asked me to, and and I remember this very clearly because I remember this being the point where I thought that hey. Uh, I don't do good in such interviews. Someone asked me to uh, write a linked list, all right? Write the code for a linked list. Now I could I could write the zero code any day, right? I could just write it because because I know the concept, right? But then this particular interviewer was looking for it in 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 C, and it it had been years since I had written uh, a structure, right? I had I'd been doing object oriented programming since the past couple of years. So I'm, I'm just sitting there completely blank. I know it's the easiest question that one could possibly get especially since you're from from computer engineering and computer science right i'm just sitting there uh thinking you know this happens this happens this happens and then this pointer points here how do you make pointers in structures and i'm completely blanking out numbing out and then uh, at least the interview was good right they didn't roast me uh they moved on uh, but yeah. then that was when i realized that hey uh not the best place to be <laughs> so so i did sit for interviews um uh there were a couple of my batchmates who actually went into cybersecurity firms right off the bat. So they went into um, consulting firms. Um, Pricewaterhouse, I think, hired that year. Mm -hmm. So so a couple of them went there and they did pretty good. Um, or at least they are doing pretty good now. So. so, but tell us about yourself. Like, so you went through the placement exam. Right. And, uh, so mm -hmm. where, where did you go from... Uh, your job hunt. Tell us about your job hunt and getting your first role. Right, right, right. And so um, I sat for those uh, cybersecurity roles, right? And then I kind of decided that, hey, uh, you know what would be good since I have not still come out of the student zone and, and I absolutely love studying, right? I still do. Um, so I kind of decided that, hey, you know, why not, why not just uh, get a master's? Okay. Right. And so, so, um, and so, I think it's it's also a bit of uh, it's it's a kind of a pattern here. People kind of study in uh, in one contiguous fashion, and then they start working. I, I don't know how that it, it does not exactly work like that in the states, uh, where we people can take an off and go and study, okay. and then yeah. they can come out and then they can start studying again. But you would rarely see people go for a master's degree unless they. Um, unless they are kind of switching fields or or they want a MBA, for example. Okay. Um, and so so I decided to go for a master's and uh, I landed a couple of colleges, gave the GRE, uh, landed a couple of colleges, selected uh, University of Southern California. Um, and then those were two brilliant years in LA. Oh, nice. So tell us, like, you went for your master's. What was your master's in? No, oh, it was cybersecurity. Master's in cybersecurity engineering is what it was called. Okay. And then what was your journey like getting your first job? Like right. most of the folks that we have, even the entry level mm -hmm. folks, like they might apply for a hundred jobs, but everyone's because mm -hmm. some people don't apply for five jobs and mm -hmm. they get it. So what was your journey like? Right, right. Um oh I'll all right, I'll tell you I'll tell it in two parts, right? So um 
getting an internship makes it slightly easier. I didn't land an internship though I applied for like I don't know how many people I applied to, but I didn't I didn't land an internship. Um, but then but then uh, I got I got into I got into a firm at the very end. So I think in my last semester. And then I, what what you say is true, right? I applied like because I hadn't done an internship this time. I was like like I was doubling down. I was applying from a year earlier. I was applying to all jobs possible, right? I even applied to jobs that said that they needed U.S. citizens because I was like, why reject myself? Let them reject me. It's all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then yeah, I got I got it. I must have applied to at least I would I would apply for ten to fifteen companies per day, okay. um, especially in my final semester. And how did you apply? Did you uh, just apply on ATS systems? Um, was there a mm-hmm. uh, posting form within the college? Like, what was your approach to applying? Right, right, right. So in college, uh, yeah, like, uh, pretty correct, right? So in college, we had this, uh, an internal career page, sort of, mm-hmm. uh, where we would kind of find postings a bit earlier or a bit different from Mm, what was there online on LinkedIn or on Indeed? Mm, I, uh, especially since I hadn't gotten an internship, right? I really didn't care. I would apply to the same position a couple of times, once from inside, <laughs> once from outside. And I would be like, it's their headache to figure out if I'm the same candidate. Uh, and so that was me applying. But then uh, I also reached out to all the alumni network. So if I saw that someone at some company was an uh, USC alumni, I would like, just send them a connection request saying, "Hey, uh, you know, would you connect with me, fight on, and whatever, whatever right?" And so, so just, just refer me here. Uh, right. So a lot of cold messaging, a lot of cold. Uh, I didn't call anyone, but a lot of cold texting, cold messaging, uh, getting in touch with my alumni network, asking them to get me a job. I did land a job, so I was happy. So, well, let let's talk about that. So, was it a a cold message and a referral right away, or was it a cold message, build a relationship? And then ask for the referral. Uh, so this was the, I was actually in a crunch, right? So I would I would follow them for a couple of a uh, couple of days because I didn't really I was doing it a lot, like with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I could not really take time to build relationships. Um, I would follow them. I would if I if I saw them posting stuff that I liked, I would like it, share it, comment on it, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then I would I would uh, basically be on LinkedIn throughout the day, and then. Um, uh, once, once I have shared, let's say three posts or four posts, and I know that okay, you know this person is reasonably active on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I would reach out and uh, send them a connection and a referral request at the, in the same. LinkedIn has a three hundred character limit, right? So I had built a template with with appropriate gaps for job ID and everything. Right? So in case in case they just read the message and don't get back to me, at least the message gets out. Uh, and so I would just copy paste that everywhere and send it. Uh, it was a very, you know, like a, like a cold call, calling salesman kind of approach. Yeah. Uh, but then this was me at the very edge because we don't have a lot of time to get our uh, visa, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I, don't really, I don't really care coming across as obnoxious as long as I get a job. <laughs> so so you, you, you got a job. Um, was it for one of the places that you really wanted or was it just like I got a job and it was the first job? Yeah, it was. It was actually the first job. And I think that was one of the mistakes I did, right? I, I got a job quite early, um, had almost a semester left to go, right? And I said, hey, you know, I got this job and I'm going to stop searching altogether. So I never looked at better offers, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I realized that I should have. 
Um, but then I was like, hey, you know, I got the job. I'm going to relax. Um, and then the way I got the job, and which is interesting because the same company kind of rejected me during internship period, right? So, okay. <laughs> it was super hilarious because because they sent me this exact same questions in the interview. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got these questions and, and you know, uh, in, in my internship and you rejected me then. And then you gave me the same questions right now. I told him in the interview that. And then and then he kind of laughed and then we still went through the questions. I'm pretty sure they changed it after that. Uh, so, uh, but then, but then I got into a consulting firm again. So, Pricewaterhouse, right? I got into them, and they were pretty good. I kind of built a case in my head that it would be better to be in a consulting role in the initial years because I will get a get access to a breadth of projects very quickly, uh, rather than get into a mm, one single internal role mm-hmm. where I might not get as much access, which was which was a good decision. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I have the same feeling. I love consulting for that reason. So mm-hmm. um, I, I love that you mentioned that they ask the same questions in the internship as right. you normally interview. And you'll be surprised that they, they probably won't change it um, because you have different people doing it. Right. You have right. a totally different group doing um, on campus recruitment or uh, school recruitment than you have regular recruitment. So mm-hmm. they could totally reject you here because you're looking for this type of candidate, but over here mm-hmm. you're looking for a totally different type of candidate and you might be their candidate. All right. All right. So, um, so you got that first role and how, mm-hmm. how are you liking it? Oh, I've switched. Oh, you, a lot you, of times. A lot of times. Um, so um, the, the role was pretty good. Uh, something that I quickly realized was, uh, and then again, something that I felt that I would have known if I had done an internship, right? You kind of get a gist of how a company functions from inside and what the culture is to uh, most consulting firms. And there's a lot of time management involved and there is a lot of um, what I call it as reaching out to people to get projects involved, right? Something that I didn't know. Um, and so, and so for the first three months, I was kind of just sitting, hoping that a project lands on it because I was like, why is it my duty to go out and get projects, right? I'm in a company. Yeah. And then I realized well, that's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so that, that, uh, that was a skill that you need to build, right? You can be great at security, but you need to be able to reach out to people and say within your company, right. And say that, Hey, you know, I'm interested in this. Would you put me on? And then you do a lot of what I what I term as free work. You get to where you 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 make proposals and things like that, right? Uh, and so that was those were skills that that you can be good at security and then you can still be bad at those things and not get anywhere, right? And so those were things that I had to pick up very quickly, which I didn't like at all. Um, but I and think then right, and that's important right? for uh, first level or first year consultants to think about. Right. Not right, right, right. they have to be good in security, but they have mm-hmm. to be good in communication. They have to be good in marketing. Mm-hmm. They have to be good in uh, creating proposals and marketing themselves. And right. um, you you don't see any of that on the job description. Exactly. Like, and then not not just on the job description, right? It's it's. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's there everywhere, but at least at my time, I kind of felt that it was something that is implied. Like you know, if you know it, it's great. If you don't know it, nobody's gonna come and tell you that it's this is how you do it. So which which is which is something that I tell a lot of people now, especially the ones that are that that I mentor, right? That I say that hey, um, 
reach out there keep keep making connections see once even once you are in the firm right keep networking like crazy it will help out it will help out regardless mm-hmm. uh, and then and then that is something that i feel that a lot of people kind of uh, forget they think that it's a solo job and it's not a lot of times it's not uh, it's not an individual contribution role even if it says it's an individual contribution role no absolutely uh, so so you mentioned that was your first role and you switched right. roles uh talk right. us through your your journey then right so about about a year into pwc i decided that i'm not making enough money um and so <laughs> very selfish reasons right and then people have better reasons uh, i feel this is a completely appropriate reason though you never tell that in an interview that you're switching for money <laughs> you always quote it with something but it's it's, it's I, i always tell my mentees that hey you know uh it's all right because you need to pay the bills right so mm-hmm. it's not a bad reason mm-hmm. and so it's so simply like that i just decided that i'm not being paid enough uh, everyone else is me uh, all of my peers are making more than me so i should switch uh, i applied to this uh, caspi position and so that was that was the first uh, so people who might not know caspi is a cloud access security broker mm-hmm. and so these these guys are people who um uh, they they help you maintain your cloud in a way okay or or maintain your cloud assets um and so i applied to that position i thought that hey you know th- so this was uh 2019 and mid mid 2019 and i decided that hey you know now is a good time to get into cloud while it's still hot um and so i wanted to ride that wave and so i applied there um ran into some uh troubles with with getting my visa renew i got the job by the way mm-hmm. but but then there there was a problem um Oh, all right so before i get into the problem i'll tell you about the job or how i got it right so this was the first job that i applied outside of market so this was my first really applying through the us market through linkedin through indeed networking and then trying to get a role right um and the process that i did was uh, this time it was a bit different i reached out specifically to recruiters right because because their job is to recruit and they are looking and so i would uh, whoever has recruiter in their titles i would just reach out to them connect with them have a have a quick talk and usually there because it's their job they are usually more open to speaking with you than our normal folks who who work in those companies who might refer you right yeah and so i found that was much easier uh, to kind of quickly gain a grasp of which companies might take me in quicker and which places can i get a interview at quicker mm-hmm. got in touch with a recruiter who so a lot of them replied one of them uh, progressed quicker than the rest so I had about seven six seven interviews which was which was the next thing that i felt was is a lot because uh which was different right so uh, on campus interviews i had just two rounds that's it for first screening and then the second one was the one let us say pass fail sort of like that right but then mm-hmm. here um uh, i went through like six rounds six and seven couple on site rounds right and i was like this is a lot like if if i didn't have time in my hand i would have been stuck Yeah. So and so which which got me to the next learning that is always best to keep looking for a job while you are in a job than to you know like get out of the job and then start looking. Yeah. That that's that's an important lesson to highlight. Um so you you got this job this was in the US but then you right. had something about your visa. Right right right. And so uh, what happened was uh, my there's something called as a 
uh, EAD, I forgot what it's called, Employment Authorization Document, or I think that's the full form. And so what, what the document does is uh, it essentially tells how many days, it, it kind of gets re renewed every year. Mm -hmm. um, and so that thing expired and the new company wasn't willing to, um, so even though the university decided that, hey, you know, you can still apply for the renewal, the new company didn't feel that they, they would want to go through it. Okay. And so, and so, you know, I was kind of stuck, went out of status, which is, which is where you get 60 days to change into a role that gives you change into a job role mm -hmm. or, or you leave the country. Right. And so, so those 60 days were like really bad because I didn't land a role and I had to leave. Uh, so I came back and I decided, Hey, you know what, what would make me much more worthy on the Indian market? Let's get a CISSP. Right. Uh, <laughs> And so, and so you're, the next you're, you're fresh out of college, you don't have the experience. <laughs> so, so, so I found a loophole, right? So you can get the CISSP, but as then, a, yeah, yeah as, as an associate, right? And, but then you'll have six years to gain those five years of experience. Now I already had a year of experience. I had one year college with knocks off one year of the thing. So I kind of made up like, Hey, you know, I'll need three years. I can justify it by saying, Hey, you know, um, I have, I have the knowledge. I just need to gather the experience and that's what I will, that would be my selling point, right? That would be what differentiates me in this market. Right. And I kind of misjudged the situation because around uh, January, 2020 COVID hit and people started firing instead of hiring. So, you know, <laughs> so a bad period again. We can't control that. that. That's outside of our control. Right, right, right. But then, um, so it, it was easier for me, right? Cause, um, I came back and lived with my parents. I didn't have any uh, outstanding bills or, or things that you know that that I need to spend money on. But then I can, I can understand what what if you had lost your gig and you had a family to support, right? What would yeah. you do? Uh, I had no responsibilities as such, so less responsibilities. <laughs> and so and so, I kind of figured that I, I was in a better spot than most of the people because I could still study and give for an exam, right? Whereas someone else might have bills to pay and. Uh, they would have a really tough time. Mm -hmm. mm, and so this was one time where I realized it's very important to have a side hustle, you know, that is that is not necessarily in, in your main field, you know, something like a secondary blade that you can wield if your primary thing breaks down. Yeah. Uh, and so so I started researching a bit on that. Then um, I was always great at uh, teaching. And mm -hmm. so I decided that maybe maybe getting into teaching would be a good idea at this point of time. It is something that that is, that is, I naturally felt a tendency to throughout college. I used to be I was a teaching assistant a couple of places. Um, I became a cybersecurity course developer for a while uh, at a at a course development place. Um, help help build their courses and stuff. And so that was me kind of exploring. It was still cybersecurity, right? But then it was it was more on the teaching and mentoring side of things than main core cybersecurity, yeah. and that also kind of added to my experience. Right? I didn't want having a CISSP, which I cracked the exam, right? But I didn't have CISSP and getting no experience. At least I need to keep getting experience. Yeah, but right? that's, that's good. Okay, um, tell us a little bit about after that. Like your your, we don't ever hear or I haven't heard much about. Mm -hmm. uh, job hunting in India. So I think for, for mm -hmm. some of our audience that, that might be interesting, like um, tell us about your next phase of job hunting in India for, for your next paid role um, right, right, right. journey. 
So um, uh, it it came. So so the COVID really messed things up, right? Uh, because by the time people started hiring again, it was like five months into the road, mm-hmm. uh, in, into the year, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere around April of 2020, people started hiring again. Kind of realized that you know you don't have to fire everyone. Um, and then so that that was uh, and then it was it was like like the market did a 180 in those six months. They kind of realized that we still need people, right? Plus the fact that so many bad things happen in that period, like, uh, you know, the colonial pipeline hack happened, yeah. uh, like big major things happened. Uh, and I should never say this, right? But all those bad actors made getting a job really easy for me because they kept on doing such major things and people kind of started realizing that how important it is to have uh, cybersecurity as a functioning part rather than something that, you know, um, you get on the site. Yeah. And so th- there was an immediate job boom. And then um, with, with my degree and with the certificates, right, I, I was like at the front of it. Made uh, So there are a couple of other job hiring platforms in India. There's one that's called uh, Nokri.com, which, which literally which is a Hindi for job. Okay. So job is called Nokri. So, so there are a couple. There is there is Nokri.com. There is Monster.com. There is um, Angel Listing, which which has mostly startup roles, uh, and then of course uh, LinkedIn. And so made profiles on all on all of those places. Kept on kept them very active, right? So super active. The other 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 than LinkedIn, which is more like social networking okay. uh, or professional networking, the other sites are are pure job hunting sites. They're more, more closer to Indeed than LinkedIn. Yeah, and so you you put up put up your profile and then you wait, and so I would I would keep my profile up to date. Like I would keep visiting them every two or three days, um, I reach out to a lot of recruiters, try to find out who is hiring, who is uh, who has job vacancies open, right? But you're and then, reaching out to them, um... right, right, right. They would have the numbers listed, right? Okay. Uh, so on 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 Nokri, in some cases, they have their numbers listed, so you can you can kind of figure out who has posted the role, yeah. and then they'll have the number on the bottom, so you can just ring them up. Okay. And um, and so the, I, a, I started doing a lot of that. Not a passive job hunt you're doing. You're you're no, no, no. actively going out. Okay. No, no, yeah. It was it was like it was like a full time job. If you don't have a job, your job and and you don't have responsibilities as many, you can do it as a full time thing. You can be searching eight hours a day, like study a little bit and then and then work on building your resume, trying trying to do all these other things that complement you, right? And yeah. Mm, because my experience was in GRC and I figured out quite early that a lot of the roles in India were either pen testing uh, or they were uh, web application development. development, pen testing. Yeah. More on the vulnerability assessment and pen testing side than on GRC, right? And this, this kind of, uh, it kind of made me a bit irritated all the time because a lot of these roles were things that it's not that I couldn't do it, but it was not something that I had direct exposure on, right? And so they would begin, they would begin asking that, hey, you know, do you know these bunch of tools, for example? And I would be like, no, no, no. And I know the open source version for each one of them, but I've never worked on them. And then just like that, the interview would stop, right? And so a lot of time was spent into doing a lot of free training. So going to OWASP, doing their Zap, because Zap is a good security testing tool. Um, going to Fortinet and doing the NSE trainings because they're all free. Um, learning for open, like brushing up on IP tables, brushing up on NICTO, vulnerability scanning and things like that. Uh, did did it spend a lot of time on that? Not because I wanted to get into that field, but I just wanted the calls to keep coming in. 
Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that was that was how I kind of landed the first role a year ago. Mm. And then I didn't really like the role, but I needed a role. So I kind of worked there for a year while continuously searching, still upgrading myself, right? Figured out that audit is a good area to complement GRC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, did a couple of, uh, so that firm that I worked in also did audits, right? So I did a couple of PCI DSS audits, uh, which is, which is by the way, I, I love the fact that PC, PC, PSI. PSI has so many things online for free. Yeah. Uh, you can you can read the statements for free. And so I was like, this is this is a good place to start if you want to do GRC and audit and you mm-hmm. want to build that up. Mm. And then I landed the role that I currently am in, which was like about about a hundred percent hike on my previous role. So I was I was super super happy. <laughs> but so you're 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 unemployed. You're actively looking. You mm-hmm. found a role that you're partially interested, but uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily like this is going to be my lifetime goal. Which is right. What you have to think about, right? Like this is going to mm-hmm. be a stepping stone role for my next right. role. And right, right. once you can look at that and see how you can take the transferable skills into mm-hmm. where you want to go when you have your north star of like this is where I really want to go. Like that's perfect. Um, right, and you continued looking the whole time. Um, That's true. Was it through networking? Was it just through calling recruiters? Like, how did you get your next role, or was it um, a transfer within your company through auditing? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. So, uh, my um, uh, of course, once I got the job, I couldn't couldn't pursue the active one, right? Because uh, <laughs> I had a job to do, yeah. um, and so it became a lot more passive. And this time. Um, it became a much more much more targeted hunting, right? I was, I was not very comfortable, like complacent in the job, but I knew I had a job, so I had that confidence that I'm not on. The, I don't need something immediately, right? I can I can wait three months for the yeah. perfect role to come by, right? And so I started with that mindset, and I also kind of uh, decided that what would uh, and I what would be the minimum time period that I want to work here, right? Let's say I get a job tomorrow, right? Which is the perfect job. Would I, do I really want to leave the company immediately? Uh, or what's what's the minimum time period that I'm going to work here that would give me all the benefits and then it would be beneficial for me to switch, even though it might not look so good. Because if you look at my resume now, right? It's it's one year, one year, one year. <laughs> Each company, right? It's, it's not a good look to look at. And, and Frankly, a lot of people will say that, hey, uh, it, it is, it is, it's a bad look. It does not look good that you switch three times in four years, right? Uh, and I say, hey, you know, I completely agree with it. Uh, but if if the reason is that you have a student loan to pay off, there's there's really nothing you can do about it. Uh, you have the loan. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing. And, <laughs> and there's also that. I mean, I don't know how it is in India, but. At least here in the states, there's the progression that the the cybersecurity environment is changing so quickly that mm-hmm. if you really go to an, another role in one to two years, um, mm-hmm. then you're you're keeping up with technology, and at least you're sta- you're you're continuously growing. Now, if you right. go from PRC to pen testing to mm-hmm. teaching, um, mm-hmm. and like you're not you're going in different ways, then that's a right. different 
story, but you're 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 showing progression in the same okay. field. So I, I think that's a lot easier to justify. Right, right, right. So that was one. Um, and then I I read a lot of uh, books around that that period of time. Um, and 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 I would I would listen to a lot of podcasts and and job hunt strategies right and there was this quote that i read and there were, there were a couple of quotes that kind of influenced my way of thinking there was one that said mm, you know you should continuously look for roles uh, even while you're employed uh, there are two reasons one of them is if you like it you know what what you what's your current market rate you, you can switch to that and the second one is if you don't like it you'll appreciate your job the one that you had more uh, and then that that kind of made sense to me and that kind of motivated me to keep on looking, right? And the other one was that I knew that uh, that uh, I can get more in the market, and I need I'm getting this at the moment because I don't have a choice, and I need one. I need I need work, mm -hmm. mm. and so that was one reason why I kind of took the role, knowing that it was still beneficial for me, right? It was not it was, so like like you mentioned, it was still progressions into GRC, uh, and then. I learned this philosophy of being like a T-shaped cybersecurity individual. You can, you know, uh, choose one place where you kind of specialize into and then later on branch out and then know a little bit about other things. It's all right, but don't branch out initially because then you won't have a good base to grow on. And then, so that was something else that I kind of pursued through through the switches. That's, that, that's something that a lot of, individuals ask me like should they generalize um mm -hmm. or should they specialize in the beginning kind of like you mentioned the t-shape um right. uh expansion of your knowledge and yeah in the beginning you have to focus on something and mm -hmm. that something will help separate you from the rest so like right. in the beginning your one something was that you pass the cissp and mm. you have the knowledge that all the others same age bracket mm -hmm. kind of have so your, mm -hmm. your CISSP and your your PWC experience kind of sets mm -hmm. you apart um, right. where others might not have that so uh, yeah definitely love love that um, we've gone way we've, we've gone way over our time um, but I, I think it's just it's been such an in-depth conversation that I just wanted to keep it going and really appreciate that um, so we, we, we talked a lot, a lot about your journey. If you had mm -hmm. to summarize your journey into one piece of sage advice uh, for our listeners, what would that be? Right. Uh, I, I would reiterate the T point, right? Uh, just, just think of, of, at least in the beginning few years, up to, up to something where you are a mid-senior professional, you will need something that says, hey, you know, I have four years of experience in this one thing or these two things in this one domain, right? And that will help you. That is what you can show as transitive skills into any other domain if you want to switch later. That's all right. That's fine. But then initially in the first four or five years, get, it doesn't matter how many times you switch, just get one solid thing in and then you can switch as many times as you want. And and that's such a good book for, for those looking for books. Um, it's, it's called The One Thing and focus on what your one thing is. So I, I right. absolutely love the advice. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, for those of you following us on LinkedIn Live, uh, please ensure that you follow um, all of us here and uh, join us next week at the same time, 1 p.m. Eastern. For those of you on YouTube,
hit subscribe, hit that notification button, um, share with your friends and family. And then for those of you on podcasts, please ensure that you give us a five-star rating wherever you get our podcasts and share it with friends and family. Thank you all so much. Um, approve. I really yeah. appreciate you. <laughs> sorry again, but I really appreciate your story. Um, I, I love the, the transitive nature of your story, like that you're very adaptive to what happened um, to you throughout your, your, your life and your journey and the, the positive approach that you took to that. Cause I think um, attitude is everything. And that, that's one of the things that like, I have on my desk is attitude is everything. And you had of mm -hmm. an amazing attitude going through this. Um, so truly appreciate it. And I, I think this stands out as one, one of one of the more intimate um, sessions that we've had in a long time. So thank you so much. Thanks a lot for having me, Chris.